there's a scripture that was so amazing to me, and I've shared this here before, where the Jews, with, with regards to the centurion, they went to Jesus and they said, you need to go to the centurion's house to heal his servant. He deserves it. He loves our people. He's already built a synagogue. They were pressuring him to do it. I mean, that's an amazing thing. And guess what Jesus did? Okay, I'll do it. They knew their rights. Amen? They knew he could, but they also knew their rights. So they were telling him, you need to do this. And he did it. No question asked. He never argued with them. He didn't say, that's a Gentile. He did what they wanted him to do. And they knew to ask him because they were covenant people. So we'd have to stay with God's word. They were covenant people. And if you are a covenant person, you deserve to be healed. Jesus said to the woman who was not a covenant person, we don't give bread for the children to dogs. He said, because you're outside. But you guys are not on the outside. You are on the inside. So it's God's will to heal you. And there could be thousands of reasons why the devil has convinced you that you don't deserve for God to do this? Yeah, he can, but in your case, he will not. You're different. You made some mistakes here. He doesn't like that. So for your case, uh, it's not going to happen. And as long as you entertain that in your heart, you won't see a miracle. But as soon as the word of God clears that from your mind, the miracle follows instantly do we all go through that yes i go through it too amen please don't say amen to that (laughs) but i know what i'm dealing with that's where the fight is i fight that doubt until it gets out of my head so i can receive my miracle because the doubt is standing in my way for my miracle so it happened to them in the past. Can you please give me Mark chapter 1 verse 40? Mark 1 verse 40. Same situation here. 1 verse 40. The story of the leper who was out in the public. Shouldn't, he was in a place where he shouldn't be. <laughs> but he was looking. He was des- this guy was desperate. He risked everything to get it. He says, now a leper came to him imploring him, just kind of begging him, kneeling down to him. I mean, the guy was doing everything to get this miracle. He was desperate. He, in that time, it was really bad. They put you away. You can't, you can't hug your family member. It's over. No communication with your fellow men, your loved ones. You're cut off from them. This man wanted back. He wanted healing. He knelt to Jesus. He had heard that Jesus was healing. He's heard about the miracles. Possibly he's heard that Jesus raised people from the dead. He knew all of that. He couldn't understand why being a Jew, he was leprous. Possibly in his mind, have done something really terrible. That God allowed me to be leprous. Now I'm being cut out from God's people I'm put in a secluded place. I can't get back in the public. I can't go to the temple. I can't go to church. I can't do any of those things. This is my only opportunity. He wasn't uncertain about the fact that God could heal. He just wasn't sure. Amen. He was begging Jesus. 
it nailed down to him and he's saying, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. All I want is, if you, if you are just, if you want to, I know you can. I don't have any doubt that you can, but I'm not sure if you will do this for me. That's where most of us are. We always know he can. But will he do it? Look at what happened here in verse 41. It says, Then Jesus moved with compassion. Just seeing this man's situation. Will he have compassion on you? The scripture says, A woman can forget her suckling child. God says, I will never. I will never forsake you. I will always have compassion. He said, Jesus had compassion. He was moved with compassion. I mean, seriously moved with compassion. Seeing this man who didn't know the will of God for his life. He didn't know what belonged to him. He was suffering, not knowing. I don't know how long he waited before he went to Jesus. He was this time, he was very desperate. And he told Jesus, please, begging, 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 begging. How many of us have done that? We beg and beg and beg. Jesus was moved with compassion and he stretched out his hand and touched him. Fellowship touched him. Amen? You don't touch a leprous person. But things are about to change. He reached out his hand and he touched him. And then he removed the source of the doubt, the will of God. He said, I am willing. That's the word of God. That's where your doubt is cured. The word of God. Jesus is the word of God wrapped in human flesh. He heard the will of God. Every time you read the scriptures, you are reading the will of God. Jesus gave him the will of God. He said, I am willing. And then he added, he gave the command, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken those words, doubt was gone. Light and darkness cannot be in the same place. Amen? As soon as light came in that situation, that's the word of God that gives light. As soon as light came in that situation, his faith was complete. And he received this miracle. There was no longer doubt in his mind whether or not. The doubt was totally removed. When you don't know the will of God, even though you may have faith, it's not complete yet. Your faith is complete for a miracle only when you have stayed with the word of God to know the will of God in your life in that situation that nothing can stop you from your miracle. That's what's holding back the church, holding us back because we know that God can, but we don't know if God wants to do that in my situation. I know God can pay my bills. But will he if I pray? That's the problem we have. That's really the problem. But we have to learn to trust him. And the same goes with healing. Now, as we talk about healing, with regards to healing, is it God's will to heal everybody in this situation when God says to one person, I will 
That's for everybody. Especially when it's recorded in the scriptures for us to, to read. That's God's will for everybody. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Everyone who calls upon his name can receive. If you can get rid of your doubt, just like this man, you will be healed. Your miracle will take place. The emotional problem, whatever it is, can be healed. And on Sunday, I'm going to address that because there is a clear scripture that talks about your emotional problem being healed. Many of us carry a lot of scars from our past, but God can heal them. God can totally take care of them. You know, I, I talked to, I'm kind of digressing here. I talked to, I've been dealing with uh, uh, people from, I mean, you know, people, uh, people from the United States here. <laughs> I'm also part of you, but it's hard for me. <laughs> but since I came in here, and I hear people talk about their past, and it's a hold, their past still has a hold on their lives. And I don't blame them for it. Because it's really your past. It's really your past. But I tell you the truth. If you stay with the scripture and decide to ignore your past, God will heal you. And I hear people tell me, you know, I, I, don't, know, I, don't, I, I don't know how to be a, a father because I never had a father. Well, I, I'm looking at them and thinking, yeah, at least your father was alive. Man was gone. While I was probably 13, 13, he was gone. I had no, I lived with my brothers. There was no manly figure around my life. There was none. I came from a polygamous home. That's my learning. I mean, when I was a young boy growing up, I used to say, I'm going to have, I'm going to have 10 wives. <laughs> because it was polygamy all around me. My father had Ten women that give children. My sister that you see in church, we are not of the same mother. Hello. So that was the tradition, what I knew around me. So I told myself, I'm going to have ten wives when I grow up. And as I grew older, I grew older, I realized ten is a lot of trouble. <laughs> I brought it down to six. Uh, how one man can handle six, I don't understand that. But as soon as I got saved, God delivered me from six. I went back to one. And thank God, my brothers, Christianity came to us. I asked one of my brothers uh, not too long ago, I said, uh, any of you back there, anyone considering having a second wife? I was teasing. He said, are you crazy? We don't do that anymore because Christianity delivered us. Amen? The truth came and we were free. God delivered us. The truth can really set you free. But I could have stayed with that because I had no supervision. I had no one to teach me how to raise a kid. We were wild because we just lived and we had money. And so there was nobody to tell us stop. We knew all the rich kids around. So we partied constantly. Hello. I know you don't know I was a party, but those bell-bottom days. And the fro. 
Hallelujah. Platform shoes. Boy, we were really living, you know. But God delivered me from all of those. And I depended on him to teach me how to raise my kids. Just, I, I, I refused to say, I don't know how to do it. Yes, I didn't, but he can show me. If there is a God, he can show me. And so my prayer is, God, you got to show me how to do it. And I listen to all the godly people talking about how they raise their kids and how they deal with their kids. I learned. But I was not going to go the way I grew up. God can deliver you. The word is right there. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith that we preach, that if you believe in your heart and you speak the word with your mouth, you will be saved. Speak against what's coming against your life, including sickness, including whatever it is. A Christian should never go through periods of depression. You can fight it. And you have all it takes to win. I really believe that with all of my heart. I don't know what depression is. I really don't. Uh, Have I felt symptoms of it? Oh, yeah. When things happen, but whenever I feel that kind of cloud, oh, I'm going to spend another one hour praying in tongues. That's what I do. I'm being very clear with you. I do that until that thing is completely gone and I'm free from it. It's not part of our Christian work. Amen? It's God's will for us to be healed. The question is not whether God's going to do it. What I need to know is this. How did those in the day of Jesus Christ, how did they receive their miracles? I need to find out what they knew and how they got their miracle because God is not a respecter of persons. You may want to know whether it's God's will to heal everybody. Well, God can. You need to know whether He wills to heal you. And if He heals one, certainly God is not a respecter of persons. He wants to heal everybody. All I need is what did they know and how did they respond to Him to get their miracles. Because I know if I do exactly the same thing that they did, and God didn't do what He did for, for them, in my life, then God is a respecter of persons. Because the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I meet that requirement that they met, I should get my miracle. Otherwise, God doesn't stay constant. He is not the same every time. When he's not feeling good, you don't get your miracle. When he's happy, he heals everybody. But that's not the God that we know. So I've got to find out how they got their miracle. And then align myself with what they did so I can receive mine. Because God, when God speaks, He's for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. But everybody is not saved. Everyone is not going to heaven. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Yet, so that no one, no one should go to hell. But some will go... 
And some will actually go to heaven. I'm not going to find out what those who are going to hell did to go to hell. I want to find out what those who are going to heaven, what they did to get them there. That would be my example. That's what we should do. We shouldn't struggle about the will of God. God's willing for everybody to make it into heaven. I just need to know what they did. How, should I, how can I get in there? That's what we should know. I'm going to give you three cases of how some people received and what Jesus said brought their healing. And that's just a simple thing that we need to have. Many times we believe, and I believe is the truth, that God is the one that healing the people, right? But I want to know what Jesus had to say about that. Okay? Everyone believes that God is the one that heals them, right? Yes. Now, I want to know what Jesus says about it. How they got their miracle. Who was actually giving the, the healing to them. Let's turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 27 through 29. It says, from verse 27, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Basically, if they followed him and they were crying out, meaning these guys were behind him as he walked yelling, Hello, son of David, have mercy on us. But you notice something that they were not doing. They were not telling uh, Jesus what kind of mercy they needed. There is mercy from God to to help you with your children, your children, your family, your finances. They were just crying, have mercy on us. That's what they were saying. It says in verse 28, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? We got to the question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So the question now is reversed in this case, right? Because they knew they were Jews. You notice what they were calling him? Son of David. In other words, you are Messiah. And because you are Messiah, you have to make us well. That's what they were saying. Son of David, have mercy upon us. We need to do this. You need to do this because we belong to the family of Abraham. And then the question Jesus asked, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. It's complete now. Amen? It's complete. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. So, it's according to their faith. It's according to their faith. They declared that, yes, you can, and we already know you are willing. And so Jesus said, if that's the case, you can have whatever you want. Amen? So it was, the healing was according to their faith. It wasn't according to Jesus being able to do it. That's part of it. But the healing came to them, how? According to their faith. Mark 5, verse 33 through 34. This is the story of the woman, um, the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years. 
And the Bible says when she had heard about Jesus, she said within herself that she was just going to touch his clothes and that was good enough for her. Notice, she devised the way she wanted to get well. I'm not sure where she heard that from. But something in her said, I don't want to go out in the secret talking about something that's so shameful. So I'm going to do it some other way. Hello? She didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it took Jesus a while to make her own up to what had already happened. She was ashamed of this thing. I mean, of us have situations in our lives we are ashamed of. Can God heal that thing in secret? Yes. But after that shame is gone, he wants you to tell the world. But that's what he did with the woman. She wanted to get healed in secret, but she was no longer in that situation. It can be exposed so that the world can know what God will do. But the story here, she said within herself, if I may just touch his clothes, I know I will be well. And the people, this is multitudes, just following Jesus, touching him. But this woman touched with a different kind of touch. Hello? Because Jesus said, he turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, every one of us been touching you, kind of. Everyone's touching you. It's, it's a shock. I'm sure they were looking at each other. Uh, James, did you hear that? <laughs> He's saying, who touched me? Can you believe that? Everyone's touching him. They were all touching with her faith. And God wasn't moved. That woman touched Jesus with a different kind of touch. And she got a miracle. And got Jesus' attention. And so Jesus spoke, who touched me? And she finally came up. Verse 33, Mark 5. It says, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, meaning you, you can't keep this secret anymore. There is light in it and Jesus is not. Because after Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everyone is strong in you. And you're asking who touched me? And Jesus didn't answer them. He was looking at the crowd, trying to find who did it. And so she said, oh, he's not going to quit until I'll just tell the story, okay? I'll just own up to it. And she was fearing, wondering what he was going to do. Because she did it in secret. But when you are receiving your healing, God's never mad. Amen? You can get it any way you want. And that's the way she got it. The way she devised it. So she was healed. And she says, knowing what had happened to her, I came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Just told him everything that's happened. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. What made her well? I thought it was God that made her well. Right? Hello? I thought it was God that made her well. But that's not what Jesus said. The real emphasis was not what God can do, because God can always do it. So, but for us, what does it for us is outside your faith. Your faith is not a question of whether God wants to heal everybody. The question is, do you have enough faith to receive your miracle? That's the question. 
But faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you give yourself to the word, faith is going to be born in your heart. You will know the will of God. You have no doubt about it. And once you have no doubt, and there's perfect faith, the healing follows. That's what happened here. He had perfect faith, and healing followed. Healing followed here. It's the same thing that happened with the man that was leprous. Once Jesus said to him, I, I will be clean. It was instant. Because his faith was made, he had no doubt anymore that Jesus was going to do this. And so his faith was perverted and immediately the miracle came. But as long as you keep doubting, give you an example. You remember Peter walked on water? When did he begin to sink? Was it that the water changed and he began to sink? The water was still the same. He wavered in his faith. Doubt came in and he was going down. Had nothing to do with the water. Had everything to do with whether he could stay with the word Jesus gave him. Come. He couldn't. Because he was looking at the symptoms. Hello. He was busy looking at the symptoms and the waves. He's a fisherman. What am I doing? I'm, I must have been crazy. I shouldn't have listened to the carpenter. He, he made me walk on water. <laughs> That's the story here. Look at him. Do I have more time now? Oh, man. Five minutes? Jeez. I'm going to preach real fast now. <laughs> I don't want to listen to Al. He's a troublemaker. But the truth is, is, is anyone getting something out of what we're sharing tonight? Because this is really important. I believe that just because you're hearing these words, God's doing something in your spirit that you are not even aware of. The words going into, because it's the word of faith that we preach, is going into your mouth, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, is going into your mouth and is going into your heart. One day you'll begin to say it, because you have already believed it in your heart. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Somebody has to proclaim the word of faith, the truth. And as you hear the truth, he jumps into your heart and in your mouth. Before you know, you begin to speak those things. And as you begin to speak those things, the Spirit of God will begin to confirm it, just like it did in Genesis. And God said, and the Spirit of God put it out in the natural. There was a, there's another story here in Luke chapter 18, beginning from verse 39. Then those who went before warned him, that they were warning blind Bartimaeus, uh, warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out, All the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Again, you can see they are establishing the reason why he must heal them. Right? And they want his attention to get his will. They don't know the word. They know this is the Messiah. I'm a Jew. I need to be healed. So the guy was crying. This is my only opportunity. He's passing so close. He's not going to get away. I'm going to get my healing today. So they, they, they warned him. 
They said he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. In other words, we need to be specific what we want. Sometimes we go around it because we don't want the disappointment. I prayed and nothing happened. I have been there. You don't want to really address it very well. So if God doesn't answer it, it means okay, I can handle it. No, you can't. Just be specific with God. Let him know exactly what you want. This man was asking, I don't know how long he has been blind. We are afraid to ask specifically because we're thinking if God doesn't answer, so it doesn't destroy how I trust my trust in God, my faith. I want you to be specific. And I try by the grace of God in the past, and still today, when it concerns me, I try to be very specific. We've done this with the finances of the church. I get very specific. I tell God I need $12,000 this week. I think I remember I told God $15,000, probably when we were back there. Now, old church, things were rough. Irina, Pastor Irina will let you know. Things were rough. I told God I need $15,000 this week. You, you give us this 15000 we need to catch up. He gave me the 15000 I was very specific, so I know it was God. It will discourage my faith. No. There was a time I prayed for 15000 and maybe twelve came, and I told God, well, now, uh, you thank for the 12000 but there was the, what was happening with the remaining three? And he fulfilled it. He is such an awesome God. I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with me. But I believe that he's called me to a work. And when we need, I'm going to talk to him. And he's going to move his people. He's going to bless them where they are free to give. But I don't have to go talk to his people and help them. Hey, we need to give, you need to give, otherwise our church is going down. If the pastor keeps saying that, leave him alone, let the church come down. God didn't tell him to do that work. Let him talk to his God. But God can fulfill these things. And I'm in one situation, after the 15, the devil said to me, uh, I think somebody in the church got a large check, and, and that's why that happened. If you think it was God, why don't you ask for another 15,000 the following week? Guess what I did? I asked God for 15,000 the following week, and guess what I got? I got 15,000 plus some change. Oh, yeah. God's able to do that. But what has that done? I don't pay attention to the church finances. That's not my concern. My concern is what I'm doing right now. I don't have to worry because I've learned that he, he, he has that in control. He's taking care of that. I don't have to worry about it. He will always do that. Give us this day our daily bread. Give it to me today. Something to eat for the future. Amen? That's the God that we serve. He is a good God. I didn't finish this. How many minutes do I have? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I'll finish. Thank you so much. You're so good. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll just finish that scripture. He, they commanded him to be brought. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. But then he added, your faith. Your faith. He already said, receive your sight. I, I, then I kept wondering, why, why would Jesus feel so strong to say this? Why was he saying this? Receive your sight. That should have been the end of it, right? But then he adds, it was your faith. He threw it back at him. Even though he got the miracle. Was it just for that man he has already gotten his miracle? I believe he's telling you, if you're going to get your miracle, it's your faith that's going to do it. It's not a question of whether he's willing. That's not the issue here. The question is, do you believe that I can do this? Once you believe, God will do exactly that. That's not, I'm using just killing miracles to let you know that's the way it works in every area of life. You can set the destiny of your children through your prayers. You can do that today. Amen. Looking at scriptures. He says, all your children shall be taught of the Lord. So I received that scripture. So I go to him, God, I know you are not going to lie. You just said that you're going to teach my children. So, what's up? (laughs) I know he will. Because he cannot lie. Amen? Let's stand up tonight and give him thanks for how great he is. And, And let him help us to get rid of our unbelief. Remember this scripture? Lord, I believe... Help my unbelief. Many times I've done that. Please help me. I need my own belief out of the way so that I can receive my miracles. I can receive my miracles, all of them. How many need a miracle from God? Maybe your miracle today is finances. Maybe your miracle has to do with your family. Maybe your miracle has to do with your children. If God has given the word, find that scripture and begin to say it from your mouth. Remember I said to you on Sunday, a closed mouth is a closed life. You got to speak what God says. Let it come out of your mouth. Declare it. Why don't you lift our hands up to the, to the Lord tonight and begin to thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. For that thing that you are wanting Him to do for you, you let Him know, God, I believe. Even if there is, you're having a feeling of doubt in your heart, we walk by faith. And not by sight. It's not by feelings. So tell him, God, I've asked you for this. And I believe. And if you feel like this unbelief in you, this doubt is overwhelming, tell him to help you. And he'll help you. And believe that he will help you. So thank him tonight for answering your prayer. And have no fear. Because God's on your side. God's on your side. You are not just an accident. God created you here for a special purpose. And there, is a beautiful, there are beautiful things He has set aside for you. You need to get to them. And all we can do is to believe Him. God will never forsake you. God will never leave you alone. No matter how bad you feel you've done in the past, God is there with you. No matter how badly you've lived in the past, you can change that today. 
Every, once it comes out of your mouth. Can I find favor, Lord God? Let me find favor in your sight tonight. Let me find that favor. I'm a human being. Jesus died for me just like the rest of them. Let me find the same favor that Peter had, that Peter found in your sight. God is not a respecter of persons. You are no different from any other man. You are as special as Billy Graham and the rest of them. God's loving you the same way. He loved them. God is a respecter of no man. He loves everybody equally. It's my faith and my trust in Him that is holding me back. And I need to get rid of that tonight and say, God, I accept you. I accept that I'm loved. I accept that I'm accepted in the house of God. And I know you love me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people tonight. I thank you because your word is changing us. Your word is transforming us right now. We are being transformed We are being transformed. We are being changed from glory to glory. And I want to thank you for changing the hearts of your people tonight and giving them great confidence in you that you are a good God and that you are our Heavenly Father. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Your love for us is constant. You are ever faithful to us, O God. For this we are grateful. No matter how wrongly we live because of Our call to you for mercy, you hear us. And you have accepted us in the beloved. And we're so grateful to our God. We're so grateful to you tonight. Change every situation. Every situation that Satan is coming through to bring unrest in the lives of your people. I come against him tonight in the name of Jesus. For everyone that's hearing my voice tonight, with the authority I have as a servant of yours in your name, I come against those forces of evil. Get away from the people of God. Get away from the God's promises upon their lives. I speak blessings upon their lives tonight. I speak goodness and mercy. And I thank you, God, because you said we should decree a thing and it shall be established. And God, I believe that the things I have decreed tonight, they are being established in the lives of your people. There is more peace. There is more joy. There is more contentment. And every need is met because you are a good shepherd. We will never know want. We will know lack. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said... Amen. Good things, precious things, great things, mighty things, unusual things are coming your way by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.